When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the NFL Scouting Combine, that's right. The NFL Scouting Combine just happened, and there's changes that are going to be made to the player rankings on playerprofiler.com. Let's talk about that, and we'll talk about specifically the differences between performing well at the Combine as a receiver versus performing well as a running back and vice versa. What if you didn't perform well? So I have a lot more than 10 takeaways, but I'm just going to try to get it all out We'll see how many takeaways we actually have. This is a very poorly branded show. There's never actually 10 takeaways. There's always more than that, sometimes a lot more. My general takeaway from this combine was it was success. Let's take a step back for a second. Let's take a step back for a second and remember where we were last year. There was no combine. There was a pandemic, and everyone was worried about whether or not anything would be the same ever again. And the next thing you know... We're having the combine in 2022. Uh, They dropped most of the vaccine restrictions heading into that event. I saw very few of any people wearing masks. It was a big day. It was super successful. A true return to normalcy. I think everyone's just been so ready for this to happen that, okay, we're just going to do it and we're moving on. But I just want to just just take a moment, just take a moment to reflect on how lucky we are that we're 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 back to normal or this level of normal at the very least with the combine just as a, as a signal to what you can expect for the rest of 2022 very exciting it was great to see the broadcast great to just see rich eisen running it was just everything was back right the same hyperbole the same nonsense analysis from the broadcasters right the same clichés Right. I mean, this guy, you know, he brings the wood or whatever. He's out there chopping. I, you know, he this guy has a real mean streak to him. Uh, Whatever. Right. This guy really means it. This guy's so smooth. This guy's also smooth. Wait, everybody's smooth. Wait a second. Wait a second. Everybody's great. Can't be possible. Brees Hall was great. So that's the first takeaway. The the, the number one takeaway uh, for fantasy football for dynasty leagues, for everything, was that Brees Hall is awesome. That's a big takeaway. That is giant. Brees Hall is going to be moving up every ranking, right? Every board in best ball, he's going to move up. We talked to Billy Muzio. Billy Muzio and I did a draft together on underdog, underdog fantasy. I mean, there's super flex drafts happening right now in Underdog Fantasy. So use that promo code Underworld. You get a $100 instant deposit match when you sign up now. Go to the App Store, get Underdog. And if you're a super flex snob, well, they have super flex now. So you draft quarterbacks early. And super flex always and forever 
you get those quarterbacks early because there's a run on the bank. There's a run on the bank in Superflex. They're going to be all out of quarterbacks at some point in the draft. The draft never runs out of running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. The draft does run out of quarterback. Just make sure you're getting Mitchell Trubisky near the end. Underdogfantasy.com, promo code UNDERWORLD. And Billy and I drafted two, two rookie running backs early, right? Very early. Uh, it was a Brees Hall and it was a Kenneth Walker. That's right, <laughs> Kenneth Walker. And we were like, oh, this is a risky strategy. And then we stayed. We decided to get one more running back, and then we just stayed pat at four running backs. It was a fragile build. It was a tournament build. It was the the big board, which was the preceded the Superflex tournament on Underdogs. So it was really fun, and we were able to get Brees Hall, fifth, sixth round, Kenneth Walker, eighth, ninth round, whatever. And we're like, we need to just soak up as many rookie running backs as, as we can stomach. And if we're going to just go four running backs, I think two rookie running backs is the max that we can really <laughs> be able to uh, take seriously, right? So let's go ahead and, because you're just being silly if you're going to go all rookie running backs. But I mean, is it, in retrospect, had we known this combine would be this combine and the running backs would be this impressive at this combine, maybe we would have got all rookie running. Maybe that's not such a bad idea as long as you avoided Kyron Williams. I, that's too early. I don't want to talk about Kyron Williams. I still want to talk about Brees Hall. You could see it's just takes overflowing. Uh, takeaways bursting from me. Got to stay focused. Brees Hall. Brees Hall is the clear 101 in all formats. If you're in Superflex, you're going Brees Hall. The quarterback class is flawed. There was a case to maybe draft Malik Willis before the combine. Now, at the 101, you're going Brees Hall, and uh, I don't want to hear anything about it. It's not a question. There is no wide receiver that can do anything. I don't care what Drake London does at his pro day. He's a wide receiver. And if... A box stuffing running back presents himself in a dynasty rookie draft, true box stuffer, difference maker, where you can get his age 21, 22, 23 seasons. Maybe, maybe hold on to him through age 24 if you want. Maybe, maybe not. But you get his rookie contract production and then you move on. And then you can go and draft wide receivers like Drake London after they've been in the league for a few years and they've had a couple down seasons. Like that, That's the way to move. That's thats the way to do it. Doesn't matter, though. Superflex, I know a huge premium on quarterback. Most of the top options in Superflex are all quarterbacks, but uh, also Jonathan Taylor, also DeAndre Swift, also Najee Harris are very valuable in Superflex, and Brees Hall is, is going to be a, a key to victory. For many dynasty leaguers, 44% dominator rating, which is 95th percentile in a major conference. This is not small school production. He was efficient, you know, carrying six yards a carry, 10 plus percent target share. That's in the 80 plus percentile. Then he goes to the combine, runs a 4-3-9, and he's also super bursty. So he's he's jumping through Lucas Oil Stadium. 131.0 burst score, which combines the vertical jump and the broad jump into one equally weighted metric. Woo! Right? A 90 plus percentile with the burst. 
So he's going to be able to do whatever he wants in the NFL. He's going to be able to take, you know, outside zone runs. He's going to be able to run inside. He's going to be able to screen passes. He's going to be able to motion him out. I mean, it's just, it's going to be so on with Brees Hall. I'm so excited. I'm super excited to see what his comp's going to be. We're going to do the comp soon. He's in range of Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor. This is very much in range. The measurables are in range. He's just a little lighter than those guys, right? He's like a mini version of those guys. And he's right in the middle of those guys. Like, he's not quite the runner that Jonathan Taylor is. He's not quite the receiver that Saquon Barkley is. But if you just put both Barkley and Jonathan Taylor into one of these particle acceleration chambers and you push the button and, you know, the door opens, the smoke clears, and then you you hit a little miniaturized, like just a little miniaturized, imagine there's a miniaturized knob. Knob. Imagine you hit the miniaturized knob a little bit. Just a little bit. Just tweak it a little bit. That's Brees Hall. That's the guy. It's so exciting to have that guy posted up as your 101 from the beginning to see him deliver. So no rankings change with the rookie rankings. Brees Hall still 101. Woo! And uh, we, we didn't fall for it, right? We didn't fall for it with Kyron Williams. That's another takeaway. We didn't fall for it. Poor Kyron Williams. Bottom percentile speed and burst. No one's running the agility drills. That's another takeaway. We're already at three takeaways. It seems these players have been advised to run their agility drills at their pro days. And I believe that is because they can have special shoes and they can really scope out the, the, the surface that they're going to be running on to get the most grip possible with these agility drills. Grip is so important and that they're also tired. They're tired from these other drills and they don't want to be tired. They want to go into their pro day instead of it being like the fifth or sixth drill that they participate in. It's the first and second drill at their pro day. They get those out of the way first when they're the freshest. So I think they want to choose their surface, choose their equipment and be maximum fresh for that event. So I think they're just opting out of the agility drill. So I think that that's, that's a bummer. Luckily, there's not this difference between oh correcting and not correcting and adjusting and not adjusting the three cone or the 20 yard shuttle. We don't have to worry about that with player profilers. It's just whatever they do with their pro day is what it is. And then it was funny because everyone's was like, oh, they're running so fast. The wide receivers are blazing. Podfather, you got to drop your corrections. You can't correct the, the, the pro days anymore if the combine is going to be this fast. And then three hours later, they went back to the the. The, the the still images the 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 microsecond uh, cameras that they have set up there and they found when the Ford inertia began with all these players and they reset and Chris Olave lost you know tenth of a second which is ended up running exactly what we thought he would right so Chris Olave is not going to move much he blazed and that was expected. Calvin Austin blazed, and that was expected. The wide receivers were as expected, actually. They were fast. We knew they were fast. They certainly weren't as fast as when they first ran after the, after the adjustment. This is what we expected. It was, it was just down-the-board, chalk, combine performance. Largely, we had a couple surprises, which we'll get to in a minute, at wide receiver. Largely as expected. The running backs were not as expected. No one thought the 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 running backs could possibly be this fast. I mean, it was truly shocking, truly, truly, truly shocking. And I'm here for it. 
I'm here for it because what this means is there's a lot of running backs in the league. Think about all the plotting running backs that we lament, right? I'm so here for this because I'm so sick of having to consider what's going to happen with Mike Davis. What's his role? What's his workload, right? Why? Why do we have to consider these, these players? Why is Benny Snell on a roster? It doesn't, it, it's just silly. It's just so silly. And so you had all these, these running backs that were getting buzz in the last couple of years. And you look up and they're running a 4-6-40. And you're like, this guy doesn't have much upside. Why do I have to worry about this guy? I'm never going to pick up this guy in Dynasty. You try to trade him to me. I'm not interested. We have to consider them in DFS in case the role opens up. And then they're a free square. And it's like, oh, God, okay. We'll do something with him, right? But there's a lot of truther running backs that are going to get vaporized by this particular rookie class are going to be crowded out. And I'm here for it. We want this. We want this. Even players we like. Like, I like Jamar Jefferson. I think he's a fun player. He produced big numbers at Oregon State at a young age. But then he went to the combine and he was slow, right? Very slow. And... A guy like Jamar Jefferson may have thought that he had latched on with the Lions. And the next thing he knows, he looks up and he's like, wait, they signed a guy and they drafted a guy. And now I'm the fourth fastest dude. And these guys are running circles around me in practice and I might not make the team. I'm going to get cut. So there's a lot of slow running backs in the NFL that are going to get cut this summer. So that was another big takeaway. Kyron Williams, he's just that guy that shows up at the party and the kids in school gave him the wrong address, right? He looks in the window and there's parents watching television and he's like, wait, this is the wrong house. Where's the party? Where's the speed and burst and explosion party? Where is that? All these guys are headed there. It's somewhere. In Indianapolis, I'm in Indianapolis, I'm in the, the right neighborhood, I thought. Where, what happened? Where where everybody go? This isn't right. And it's not right. And I feel bad for him. I feel bad that he weighed in at 194. I feel bad that he isn't fast. He's got sludge in his lower body. I didn't realize that. Is that his fault that maybe he wasn't putting in the, the right weight training, the strength and conditioning training the last few months? I, I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. But he has guaranteed that he's going to fall out of day two. He's going to be a day three pick. He's going to be sixth round running back that's going to try to latch on in like a Theo Riddick role. I mean, guys that are great receivers, I mean, 12.5% target share is great. Even when they're slow, even when they don't have the, the, the straight line speed, whether it be J.D. McKissick or, like I said, Riddick, they find roles because satellite backs are in demand in the NFL, especially in today's NFL, the spread attacks. So he's going to have a role. He's going to be something. He's going to have a day or two in the NFL, but it's just not impressive. And then you look up and like yards per carry was like 4.9. He wasn't efficient. He wasn't breaking long runs. We should have seen this on tape. The film watchers, shame on them. Shame on them. Oh, I heard this guy was going to be fast. From the film watchers. And we were like, nah, 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 nah. Right? Moving him ahead of Kenneth Walker. No, 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 no. So the bottom line with Kyron Williams was he was going to weigh less than 200 pounds. 
And those players simply don't fire at nearly the same rate as those guys that can be 210 and above. It's just what the NFL wants. I don't necessarily agree with it, but it's what the NFL wants. And that's why there was this hard ceiling on Kyron Williams' lifetime value rating on playerprofiler.com. And I know many of you disagreed and you complained to me. And I was like, listen, this is what it is, right? I trust that Kenneth Walker can go out and learn how to be a slick receiver more than I trust that Kyron Williams can somehow figure out a way to gain 20 pounds of muscle and retain all his athleticism. And it turns out he wasn't athletic anyway. Rashad White was, though. That's another takeaway. Rashad White, melted faces. We knew he was going to be good. He had the 19% target share. This guy is a true target magnet. Now we know he's an upper percentile athlete with size 215 pounds. He's going to comp to some very impressive players. Think about some of these guys with the upright running style, the six foot tall uh, wide receivers with receiving skills. Think about David Johnson. That's the type of running back we're talking about with Rashad White. And it's exciting. He's older, as was David Johnson coming out of Northern Iowa. So there's a lot of similarities there. And this is the type of running back we want. So he's going to leapfrog most of these guys. He's going to move into the top five as he should. He's going to displace Jerome Ford, for example. Jerome Ford's not very bursty. I mean, the, the, he, he did run the 4.46, which was great at 210 pounds. Like, it's so weird. A guy is 86 percentile. And yet we're like, eh, he's okay. Yeah, well, Jerome Ford. Well, you know, it could have been better, right? And it's like, wait a second, what? And it's like, yeah, Jerome Ford, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. He was not in the top ten running back 40 times at four, four, five. He would have been in any other year, but this was a year when you had all these guys running sub four four. I also think it's because they're training for it. You could tell the the moment the college football season ends, these guys are focused on the 40 time, get my technique exactly right, and find those five one hundredths of a second. Just find a way to go from 444, if you're Brees Hall, to 439. Shave down, shave down, shave it down, shave it down, shave it down. I know that's what they're focused on, as they should be. I would be. It's your career. Millions of dollars are at stake if you're not every single day working on your 40-time technique. That message did not reach Kyron Williams, apparently, but it did reach Rashad White. And sadly, it did not reach Sincere McCormick. He's a big faller. We had high hopes for him. Early declare, monster producer, probably athletic, right? Well, you thought probably athletic. If this guy's so confident in himself coming out of UT San Antonio, he must be athletic. No, no. Ran a 4-6. And his burst score was even worse than that. So what? No Aaron Jones comp for Sincere McCormick. Big, big loser game show sound for Sincere McCormick. I just, wow. Wow. I, uh, mm, 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 mm. Yeah, I just, uh, it's a bummer. It's a bummer because I was convinced. That was one where I was big wrong, big wrong, because I just thought that, hey, you're coming out early? From UT San Antonio, you must be good at all facets of the game, including athleticism. Wrong. This is what happens when you assume. This is what happens. You make an ass out of the pod father. <laughs> That's what happens when you assume. It's a bummer, man. It's a bummer. Damian Pierce 
is different, right? Damian Pierce was not buoyed by expected athleticism. This is what we thought he was. 56th percentile speed score, 50th percentile burst score. He's just a good, solid, all-around big back who can catch passes, and he's going to grind out yards and get those extra one or two yards here and there when you need them to get the first down. That's what he is. That's what we saw at the Senior Bowl, and this was as expected. He was one of the few that was expected. I mean, <laughs> did anyone besides Damian Pierce perform as expected at the running back position at the Combine? Everyone else was either worse or better. Like, take Jerry Neely. I thought Jerry Neely, given his role at 190, that he was going to be super fast, right? And then, But we don't know. His agility score could be incredible. So let's keep an open mind. But Jerry Neely's speed score is like 28th percentile. Given how small he is, it's, it's bad news for him. But he's still got burst. He still could add some weight. It, I would love to draft him. This is the running back I'd be drafting on day three. Coming out of the SEC, I'm going to assume that he's going to have an upper percentile agility score. And... Soaked up a bunch of targets and was impressive in the passing game, specifically at Old Miss. And I think he would be a weapon in the NFL, but he's going to be disregarded because he didn't quite fire and give you those 4-4-40 numbers like all these other running backs did. So I think that just by comparison, Ely, had he been in a different draft class, would have been drafted higher. It's a bummer. It's a real bummer. And because the draft capital is not going to be there, we're going to have to move him down. It's just, it's not, even if his agility score is great, we're going to have to move him down because now the draft capital is unlikely to be there, but I still like him. He's one of those guys in round four, round five, I'm going to be putting on my taxi squad in dynasty because of the receiving skills. But no, he was not as expected. James Cook was, right? James Cook came in just under 200 pounds, ran the 4-4-2, which is what we expected. This is what we expected. And this is what we were hoping for from Kyron Williams. Like, if you flipped them and Kyron Williams came in at 199 and ran a 442, you'd be like, hey, this is what we thought. Hey, we can move him up a little bit. Not ahead of Kenneth Walker. Come on now. But we can move him up. Hey, great. So James Cook and, and Kyron Williams, just like two ships in the night, just going to pass each other. Mm. Mm -mm -mm -mm. And Zamir White also, he's now in line for some Nick Chubb comparisons. I hate to say it. I don't want to go there. But it's Georgia, and Nick Chubb was not a full-time primary back, right? Sony Michelle was getting touches there, had a, had a healthy role, as did James Cook. So Zamir White can now deliver you the long runs between the tackles. That's going to have value in fantasy football, especially if he gets drafted in day, day two now, which is very much in play. James Cook benefits from this. So there's the teammate score. With the breakout finder, we have the teammate score. Breakout finder, we're going to launch the new breakout ratings this month, so stay tuned for that. We need the workout metrics, especially for running backs. That's why the top 10 takeaways show. You look up, it's like, is he ever going to talk about another position? Well, we'll talk about a couple positions, but really it's about the running backs because athleticism is such a huge driver of running back projections, especially lifetime value projections, lifetime value ratings. And their athleticism also drives their draft capital. So it's this positive feedback loop where if you exceed expectations at the combine, then you get drafted earlier. And then the draft capital and the athleticism just supercharge your probability of a breakout in the NFL. 
And so that's what's happened. All these running backs have supercharged their breakout capabilities, and that's what's exciting. That's the big takeaway, and most of the takeaways are within this other takeaway. It's like an umbrella takeaway, which is the running backs exceeded expectations, and that really matters because athleticism really matters for running backs. Wide receivers were as expected. Athleticism matters less for wide receivers. So, so wide receivers were as expected. Athleticism matters less for wide receivers. So what are we talking about? We're not talking about it. There's nothing to talk about. We don't care as much about that. This just makes sense. That's the name of the show. It's not top 10 takeaways. It's just, let's go make some sense. <laughs> Brian Robinson with the 85th percentile speed score. He guaranteed himself day two draft capital. He improved his stock. He improved his ranking. So now you're going to see across the board, the running backs moving up the rookie rankings and, and also moving up the overall dynasty rankings. We include in the dynasty deluxe package, you can say, show me rookies and veterans together. And there's an all tab where you can see all positions. You're going to see all these running backs moving up, 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 up for good reason, right? Brian Robinson's 225. He's running a four, five, three, which is impressive for that size. That's why you have speed score. And, you know, his workout metrics were similar to Jerome Ford, but he's bigger. He went to a more impressive program. He has the Alabama helmet. So why would you draft Jerome Ford over Brian Robinson? You likely won't because we don't know where Jerome Ford's getting drafted. Jerome Ford's not guaranteed the second, third round capital that Brian Robinson is. Devontae Price is interesting. He's 210 pounds, runs a 4.38 from Florida International. Dominant producer, you know, 40% dominator rating. They didn't play many games at Florida International. A lot of COVID-shortened seasons, multiple COVID-shortened seasons for a lot of these small schools. So the guy's running for like 500-plus yards, and he's not moving the needles, not really impressing anybody with his overall production. But then you have to look at it in context, look at it as a share of, of the total offense, and his share of the total offense was huge on a per-game basis. And then he goes out and runs a 4-3-8 with size. Oh, baby, right? Of all the years that you'd be drafting in the third, fourth, fifth round in dynasty rookie drafts, this is the year you have to just absolutely go all in on running back, just running back, running back, running back. In fact, I can see if you didn't get Brees Hall, didn't get Kenneth Walker, it would be conceivable that you might go wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, running back, running back. That's very possible in single quarterback rookie draft. Devontae Price, good. Keontae Ingram came in at 221 pounds. He has above average athleticism across the board. He went to USC, so he, he had competition for touches. Jesus, all these guys. All these guys. Even Pierre Strong. Pierre Strong, 99th percentile speed. God, this is just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Pierre Strong, close to 1,700 rushing yards in two consecutive seasons with 20 plus receptions. There aren't enough teams that need running back in the NFL for all these impressive running back prospects to go on day two. So a lot of them are going to slip to day three. Look at Michael Carter last year. There's going to be like seven Michael Carters in this draft. All faster, more explosive than Michael Carter. Michael Carter's role is secure. But everyone behind Michael Carter, guys like Ty Johnson, all these guys, Tevin Coleman, I mean, flush them all out. I mean, this is going to be the great Noah's flood for veteran plotters. Right, if you're broken down or you were never fast, you're gone.
all these guys, third and fourth on the depth chart, whoosh, like just a flood, just goodbye. Get them all out of here and replace them with dudes with real juice. Now, yes, wide receivers. We have a few takeaways. Really, it's a running back takeaway show. But Christian Watson, the most impressive wide receiver, talked about him on TikTok. That that may go viral. I think that, that one might go viral. It's in the process of going viral just because, you know, we had a little bit of music with it. Hey, Christian Watson, what's up? What's up is uh, 95th percentile athleticism across the board. We'll see what his agility, but he's agile too. Like talking to people from the senior bowl, they're like, his his best attribute might be his lateral quickness. It's like, wait, what? So if, if, if he tests well in the agility drills at the North Dakota State Pro Day, like, oh my God, 44% dominator rating? He is their offense. He's an incredible athlete. He was wowing at the Senior Bowl. It's just, it's all checking out. It's all checking out right down the board. I want to say something crazy, like, he's athletic Cooper Cup. I'm not going to do that. I would never do that. Why would I do that? I would never say that. I would never compare another player to Cooper Cup, who had the best fantasy season of all time. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to call him athletic Cooper Cup because he's a similar size, went to a small school, dominant producer, played on special teams, but I'm not, no, I'm not, why? I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't insult the audience by going there with a comp. Why would I call him athletic Cooper Cup? No one would even take me seriously if I said that. He's not athletic Cooper Cup. He's someone else, some other comp, not athletic Cooper Cup at all but also very good. <laughs> Incredibly impressive. Traylon Burks, this is what he is, right? Below average speed, upper percentile speed score because he's 225 pounds. Josh Larkey said it on Twitter. Hey, that's impressive for Chris Olave. Why doesn't he go ahead and wear a weight belt so he can try to do what Traylon Burks did and then fail? Well, the difference between that is, well, just adding non-muscle weight would be a huge, huge handicap. But uh, with Burks... He's very muscular. He's very good. He's operating down the field, getting separation, incredible with contested catches. He just understands the art of playing football. He went out and he participated in all these drills, even though he didn't have to, just like Jamar Chase. He's going to comp somewhere in that Des Bryant, Allen Robinson zone. Worst case scenario, he's Nikhil Harry. Best case scenario, he's Des Bryant. Great, right? That's fine. All guys are on a spectrum of quality and disheartening comps. So I still think Traylon Burks is the 101. Drake London didn't run. He didn't participate. I don't like that, right? He went the Laquan Treadwell route. Now, I know he's not fully healthy, but that's what you would say if you just didn't want any part of it, right? Jamar Chase didn't have to test at all, but he wanted to. He wanted to train. He, he, he loves it. He loves it so much. That seems to be the way that Traylon Burks is wired as well. And that's what Rick Spielman looks for, the wide receiver whisperer. That's what we look for. And we didn't see much of Drake London. And that will affect his ranking and should affect how NFL evaluators grade him. So we'll see. Maybe he absolutely melts faces at his pro day and he's great and everybody loves him and he's the first wide receiver off the board. Cool, whatever. But... You probably won't see me drafting him because I'm going to be drafting running backs. 
It's like, oh, Brees Hall is not there, Kenneth Walker. And yes, that also applies to Isaiah Spiller. He just dodged the combine altogether. So again, the Laquan Treadwell corollary is strong in Isaiah Spiller and Drake London. And Isaiah Spiller didn't even try to make an injury excuse. I think he also knew what he was competing against. If he went out there and underwhelmed, as Kyron Williams did, in that context relative to other running backs, it would have been devastating. So I understand why his agent did it. It was the right move by his agent. But we're we're here to win fantasy leagues. We're not here for warm and fuzzy agent player strategy, right? If anything, that's a red flag for us. So we can just go ahead and not draft London and not draft Spiller and instead focus on Walker, who exceeded expectations, and also look smooth in the gauntlet drill, the catching of passes, the running of routes. He looked very crisp and seemed to really be getting after it. He clearly wants it as much as anybody. Look at me. I just sounded like, Did you hear what I just said? Did I just say that? I've been watching too much NFL Combine coverage. I'm Bucky Brooks all of a sudden. What am I doing? Wide receiver. You see what happens? You try to talk wide receiver, and it's just not interesting, so you just lapse back into running back talk. Isaiah Weston was interesting. Northern Iowa. I mean, huge, incredible athlete at 6'4", 215. I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued, but he's probably going to go day three. And if he goes day three, then... You shouldn't be drafting him. You should wait till someone drops him and pick him up. You can put those guys in your taxi squad, but in actual rookie drafts, stay focused running back. Like Isaiah Pacheco. I don't know what the hell happened to Isaiah Pacheco, but for whatever reason, he didn't produce. He didn't have a, a great role, but he runs a 4.37 at 216 pounds. I'm interested. I'm interested. So if you compare Pacheco to Weston, they're similar, right? But because of athleticism is so much more important for running backs, I'd rather throw a dart on Pacheco than a guy like Weston. Now, in the second round, especially if Sky Moore gets the capital, guys like Sky Moore we're interested in because he has just nailed the Christian Kirk comp. And to get a Christian Kirk in the late second round, for example, would be great. Even early third round, I would love that. He is just a close comp for for Kirk. He's small school Christian Kirk. That's what he is. The, the measurables were so Christian Kirk. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was cool to see, though. I love Sky Moore. I think he's awesome in the slot. Hopefully, he won't be miscast in the NFL as an outside receiver like Christian Kirk has, has been, but uh, we'll see. Alec Pierce, 6'2", 6'3", 210, 4'4", incredible burst. I mean, he He's trying to be Dante Moncrief. He wants so much to be Dante Moncrief, the Dante Moncrief of this class, where it's just incredible burst, incredible uh, catch radius, not that productive in college, not sure why. But, man, he has the size. Everything's there. Oh, yeah. Not just not quite clicking into place. Why is that? We don't know. Fuck it. It's Dante Moncrief. We're going with it. He's a fun player. And then, no. Right. See, I, I could have comped him to Jalen Strong, who's even a closer comp to this type of profile, but I'm not doing that to him. Right. And I, I, I listen, Dante Moncrief had some games. He had some weeks. Alec Pierce could have some weeks, but uh, wasn't dominant. And uh, it, it's going to be more of an athleticism play. And if you're letting the athleticism wag the dog at wide receiver, what have we talked about? It's a bad idea. Like David Bell, 
David Bell was not going to be athletic. We knew he was falling on mock draft boards because the whisper campaign around David Bell was he doesn't have the juice. He's very reminiscent of Tyler Johnson, but he's coming out early. Tyler Johnson knew not to come out early. So that's where the difference is. I think that David Bell is going to be a better player because he's coming out early than Tyler Johnson. But this is what we're talking about. We're talking about a guy that's going to maybe fall to round four or five because he didn't test well. And it just confirmed what everyone was, was worried about with him. But that's a player that we'd be interested in, right? Because we know he was super productive at an early age. And that's what really matters. It's just going to take some time. The problem with a guy like David Bell is if the NFL doesn't respect him out of the gate, he doesn't get opportunities out of the gate. So he's more of a guy you might try to trade for during the season. Just monitor him. Uh, but my enthusiasm around David Moore was was muted now, unfortunately. But uh, but again, plenty of wide receivers with his, his athletic profile fire and do great things. He is good at the art of being a wide receiver in the NFL and at wide receiver, that position specifically, that's what really matters. So I am uh, hopeful, right, for David Bell. And it's just going to be an interesting dilemma that we face. Do we go with one of these athletic running backs or do we go David Bell in rookie drafts? Depends on where he falls. We'll see. But He's not going to crater in the rookie rankings. I'm just warning you right now. I'm telling you, he's not going to crater. You might want him to crater. He's not going to crater. It's not going to happen. But even though Brees Hall was impressive and Christian Watson was impressive, I just want to make sure that you all know who the best is. And just just, just looking around, want to make sure everyone knows who the best is, Iceman. And the best at the Combine, it, it wasn't close. And I just really enjoyed watching this person work out. Because he did things we've never seen. We're talking about a guy that's 340 pounds and was breaking records for anybody over 300 pounds. So it's like, wait a second. He's not 301. He's not 310. He's 340? And he's doing this? It's Jordan Davis. Defensive lineman Jordan Davis. Let's just, let's take a look. Let's let's watch Jordan Davis run the 40. This is incredible. I mean, look at him. Look at him. He is a wide body. And then you watch, oh, he has perfect form. You see, this guy's been working on his 40. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, this is a train. This is a train coming down the tracks. If you just happen to be wandering around the NFL scouting combine and walked in front of him, you'd be dead. You would have been dead. He could kill you. Like, it, it, it's, it's the laws of motion, right? That guy running at that speed will hit you with so much force, you'd be dead. Like, if I ran the same, that's just faster than I could run. Just for a moment almost anybody. Like it's, it's incredible. Like it's it's so shocking. Like I can't wait for his player page to go up when you can see the, the speed score. It's gonna be absolutely incredible. And then and then he also said, Well, you know what? Uh uh I can also jump the furthest. So we also broke the broad jump record. So just that's cool. That's cool. And I don't necessarily believe that defensive linemen, the run stuffers, should be drafted in the first round. I don't believe it. Because the question always is, how much does this player contribute to you passing more effectively or stopping your opponent from passing effectively? And typically, the interior dudes have less of a role to play, helping you meet those goals. But, but, in this case, the A-gap 
is going to be constantly filled by this guy. And yes, unfortunately, he, he, he will be a disincentive for opponents to run against you, which is a bummer because you want to incentivize and maybe they can work out some kind of scheme where they're still incentivizing opponents to run against them. Maybe having Jordan Davis allows you to play one less linebacker. So maybe you just go without a middle linebacker because you have Jordan Davis. Then that's one more defensive back. Now suddenly Jordan Davis is making you more effective against the pass. And because he's so fast and he's got so much burst that boom on every play, boom on every play, boom on every play. The center and the guard are just overmatched, and the quarterback has a dude in his face on every play. Don't you want the opposing quarterback to just have a guy in his face at all times, like, like having to always slide around and, and just destroying the A-gap? I don't know where Cody's going to have him in his, his next mock, Cody's mock draft 7.0, but I don't think with Jordan Davis you could be high enough. Imagine you hit the miniaturized knob a little bit. Just a little bit. Just tweak it a little bit. That's Brees Hall. That's the guy. The film watchers, shame on them. Shame on them. This just makes sense. That's the name of the show. It's not top 10 takeaways. It's just, let's go make some sense. Right? That guy running at that speed will hit you with so much force, you'd be dead. I mean, this is going to be the great Noah's Flood for veteran plotters. Don't you want the opposing quarterback to just have a guy in his face at all times? Like, like having to always slide around and, and just destroying the A-gap? The film watchers, shame on them. Shame on them!